Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Oh, Robbie, I got it. Okay. I was like, I ain't I'm sure everybody thinks that. Okay. So everybody, welcome to the program here tonight. Tonight we have an amazing, amazing, fun program. And uh, it's going to be uplifting and geschmack. And I'm very excited. I'm here to have a good time tonight. Tonight is sheer number 66 from the Let's Get Real program with Coach Menachem Berenfeld. And we are great to be here. I want to always start off first with thanking all our people that come every week, all our dedicated members are part of part of our Sichas Haverim, Chabura, that uh, posted every week on their WhatsApp statuses and they email people about it and their friends about it. And um, every week we have unbelievable feedback. Um, we had just last week Rabbi Bachner was, was that, that chair was all over the place. Hashem was super powerful. And uh, we wanted to thank everybody for telling people about it. Even if you don't come on every week, at least post it on your status, let people know about it so we can uh, really be machazic a lot of people. For all those watching the video on the replay on YouTube, please click on the subscribe button to Coach Menachem Bernfeld's channel and smash the like button. Like I say, every grab gap so me and Menachem Bernfeld can make millions of dollars. I want to start off thanking all of our advertising sponsors, the Lakewood Scoop, for promoting us here in Lakewood. Special thank you to Rabbi Yanif from Chazak for promoting programming for all. Go to chazak.org. Special thank you to Mrs. Mika Sofer from COL Live for posting it. And special thank you to Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer from JCN, the Jewish Content Network, for always promoting us on all the Jewish digital platforms. Again, for everybody who's here the first time tonight, we have every Sunday night at 10 o'clock, this Zoom ID, different shiurim, different topics, um, different abonim, and it's really uplifting. Next Sunday, I'm going to put on the share sprinters. Next Sunday, August 1st, we're going to have a really deep, amazing program, not with Rav Gav. It's going to be with Rabbi Manus Friedman, the world famous, and we're going to get really, really deep. He goes, he's the deepest guy that goes deep. Wait, it's not even on yet. Okay, there it is. And uh, we're going to go deep into anxiety and stress and understanding the root cause August 1st. So uh, it should be an amazing program. We just spoke to him this week and uh, we're looking forward. We should, uh, it's going to be an amazing, amazing event. Please tell everybody about it. And tonight we have the schus and the honor of having Rav Gav, Rav Gavriel Friedman, usually from Eretz Yisrael. Now he's local in the States from Aish. And we're, uh, we're going to get into, going to get to you in a minute, Rav Gav. Um, let's start off with Coach Benachem opening words. And the Shabbos Nachamu. A little chizik, a little comedy. Menachem will open it up with, with a good joke. Let's go. So first of all, thank you. Uh, welcome, everyone. And I would like to thank Rabbi Friedman for being here. It wasn't so easy to get him from Eretz Yisrael all the way to our time zone, Bar Hashem, and he's here tonight. So tonight's topic is an interesting one, and I'm sure Rabbi, Rabbi Friedman has a lot of experience with this and every angle, but... The truth is, I've personally met many, many people that from the outside, they look great and they're doing the right things, respected members from our community. And, but when they open up, if they do, they say there's something missing. They feel there is something missing and inside sometimes they can feel totally empty or maybe not all empty, but there's something that they, they can't hold their hands on. And uh, the truth is, if you, um, ha you probably saw, I don't know if you have uh, met a Balshuva, somebody who is a beginner in uh, 
Yiddishkeit. You see him walking into shul. And whatever they experience, they're really fascinated. And it's, they see that there's a whole sense of community, people get together and they daven. He has his archival sitter in his hand, looks inside, reads a little bit, and he's like, wow, this is like real. And he becomes all spiritual, feels the connection, talking to Hashem. He's really on a high. The question is what happens to us that we do this three times a day and we're doing it day in, day out. So the answer could be pretty simple. And uh, the truth is everything is like that. When you're in it, after a while, you become used to it. And it's not only in, in, in religious and it's not only in, in, in uh, spirituality and anything that if you don't have it, and you're davening for it, you want it, you're really excited. And then when you get it, you thank Hashem. Wow, thank you so much. How long does it last? Everybody different. So when you're in it, when you have it, or you're born with it, which if you were born from, after a while, if you do it every day, day in, day out, if you don't work on it, if you don't try to figure it out, it's basically, you're, you're gonna, it's, you're gonna go, become a rote. And it has a positive side to it, which is beautiful. We're all davening and learning, but to stay with that part without you connecting to it, that can be a problem. And somebody once asked me, you know, how can he become high from davening and learning? So I would ask him, did you daven today? He said, yeah. Did you, did you daven today? Yeah. So what, what, yeah, did you daven today? Why ask me so many times? Yes, I daven. So we don't realize you actually daven today. You, can we talk about it for a minute? Oh, so you're not going to become all into it. So we're because we're used to it and we do it every day, this is something that we need to work on so that we can connect to it, connect Hashem, and then connect ourselves to feel something. So what I would recommend, and I don't think you should do it, but I would recommend that everybody stop doing what you're doing and start again as if this is the beginning, the first time doing it. If it's learning the Blat Gemara, we're going to Davin, as if it's the first time. It's, it's totally different, not easy. So I wouldn't recommend you do it, continue doing with your routine, but obviously on small parts, small pieces to focus, to learn. And hopefully tonight, Rabbi Fibon will be able to help us with his experience all over with these in Yonim and Mitzvah We'll be able to be uh, inspired and with a lot of siyata deshmaya, we'll be able to take out some bits and pieces how to connect ourselves and to Yiddishkeit. Coach Menachem, beautiful opening. Before we get started, let's do a little overview. Tonight's share was sponsored by Recovery at the Crossroads. Recovery at the Crossroads is the only kosher inpatient treatment center in the tri state area. They're a licensed co occurring treatment facility, which means they are licensed to not only treat substance abuse, but also all other underlying mental health conditions such as anxiety depression, and trauma. They have been around for 15 plus years and have helped many from families and put tremendous effort in working together with the family. If you or anyone you know is struggling with addiction, feel free to reach out to them at 888-466-5950, 888-466-5950. Before we get started, I wanted to say I've been asking Ravgaf to come on for a very long time already. We've been going back and forth and uh, Baruch Hashem, after many months of going back and forth, we finally decided to have him I told him we need a boost. We need a little uh, Judaism chizik boost, like we always can need. And uh, the timing is, again, as usual, impeccable. 
right after all the months of all the things we've just been through and Tishabov and now Shabbos Nachamu can have a little bit, uh, maybe a little simcha, you know, a little nechama, a little, little uh, simcha in Judaism. So I'm happy you came on. I'm going to read your bio, Rav Gav, and then I'm going to give you the floor, and then we'll get into questions, okay? Rav Gav's bio. Originally from New York, Rav Gavriel Freeman, a.k.a. Rav Gav, has spent the last two decades studying and teaching in various yeshivot and seminaries throughout Jerusalem. Rav Gav has lectured in dozens of cities around the globe, and over the past year was self-awarded a master's degree in zoomology. You'll explain what that is. Rav Gav is the only one, of, is one of the most sought after lecturers in the Jewish world today. He has uncanny ability to deliver timeless Torah wisdom in a fashion which hits his audiences with wisdom and wit, giving over pearls of wisdom in a way that they're unaware of that they might even be learning. Rav Gav now splits his time between learning, teaching and his family. His current pastime is tried to stay out of the quarantine wherever he may find himself. Schos and for coming on tonight. The floor is yours. That was quite uh, the the intro there on both of your parts. Shkoyach, Rav Menachem, if I would have known you to take my whole intro, I would have come up with something else. But the kids are, you know, you, you reminded me of, of a concept of an idea. Yeah, we basically get used to things. That is the reality of life. I, uh, right now, I'm in North America, which is like Rav, Rav Usher mentioned. We've been speaking for, I think, I don't know, six plus months to try to try to make this happen, even longer maybe. I don't even know exactly. But um, I'm on this time zone, which is why I'm doing it. You know, I, I did watch, he did show me a few, a few other people. The one I only watched a few minutes of Rav Elephant, uh, not because it's not worth watching, just because I don't have patience. Of, and there was no three times speed. So whatever, I was stuck. But, uh, but, but as an intro, he wrote, if it's really so chashev to people, let's see them get up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, like he's doing there to sell. So I, uh, I think it's probably chashev, but I wasn't getting up that early. Um, anyway, here's, here's the deal. I, I'm, I'm here by my, by my in-laws. And uh, a few days ago, I had the schusa speaking in the shul over here. I was not asked to speak. I asked if they would be interested in having me speak for a few minutes. And there was an opening and they said, all right, we'll throw you a bone. We'll let you speak a little. And right before I got to speak, somebody said something to me about a Tesla. There's a guy, I saw this guy as a Tesla. I'm like, by the way, you should just know that uh, I know some of you don't know what that is. Um, if you're not from Lakewood, you won't know what it is. If you're from Lakewood, you know what a Tesla is. But if you're not from Lakewood, there's something called a Tesla. Anyway, if I just insulted someone, if the night is young. Everybody's got to relax a little. Just take it easy. <laughs> and you probably have a Tesla. Anyway, point is, is that, that, no, but it's good for gas mileage. And you understand it's Lishma, it's Minishamayim, it's for the Ribbon For me? I should have Tesla for me? It's for Hashem. Anyway, um, the point is that I said to this guy, you should just know, if you see a lot of fingerprints on your Tesla, it's my kids. You just, it's my kids. They're checking out your car. They're trying to open it and trying to do all the spiel and whatever. And he said to me, listen, after a while, eh, it's just a car. Eh, it's just a car. And this guy's had a Tesla for a few years. And he was, it, was, it wasn't pulling a shtick like, just a car. You know, what do I care? Somebody, he generally was saying, it's just a car. The people who say that when they first get it, bunch of liars, but the people that, that, you know, you've had a fair couple, I'm kidding, not you, not you, there's always someone's going, you who got insulted, not you, you're not a liar, you, Mamish, but everyone else, you know what I'm talking about, 
come on, you can't see, you're not getting a geschmack, and having a Tesla is a geschmack thing. But this guy's like, hey, whatever, it's just a car, you get used to it. Like, you get used to, like, the doors going, like, like getting rid of, like, a pterodactyl, like, take off. Like, what do you, how do you get used to that? What does that mean? He said, you get used to it. That's the reality, you get used to it. And I thought to myself how incredible a statement it was. It was exactly what Coach Menachem was saying. You can have the most incredible thing, a car that works by battery. It's, it's, it's serious. It makes no noise. The thing makes no noise. It's, it's, I don't know if you, I mean, now the world's becoming more like this. You get a hybrid, you get this, you get, it becomes very sticky. But like, you get in the car, you turn it on. I remember I went to do a test drive for a car once. I went to do a test drive. And I got in the car and, and I didn't have this. I, in my car, it was, a, you know, it was an old fashioned. Some people have this, some people have that. And some people go, Charles, bring around the car, right? So like, I didn't have, all I had was the old school thing. You turn the key. So first time I get into the car and I push the button, nothing happens. I push it again. The guy goes, you shut the car. I go, what do you mean you shut the car? He goes, you shut the car. I'm like, I didn't even turn on the car. He goes, you turned on the car and then you shut the car. I'm like, when did I turn on the car? He goes, when you push the button, you turned on the car. I was like, I did? He's like, yeah, just step on the thing. Press again. How do you know if it's on? There's a thing It says ready. It says on. It says going. It says baluk, whatever it has to say, right? It says you're ready. You would know the thing makes no noise. How do you get used to that? The answer is you get used to everything. You get used to everything in life. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. If you, if you recently left yeshiva or seminary, you're going to go like this. But get ready. The Ramban at the end of Parsha's bow. Uh, the famous Ramban that says, you get to see the Nisim that ain't in Now, what do you see? You get used to things. Uh, what do you mean? How do you get used to Kriya Samsov? Let me ask you, how do you get used to water falling from the sky? That's not normal. That's not normal. Water falling from the sky, that's not a normal thing. I was in Chicago a few years back. My few, I don't even know what that means anymore, 10, 15 years ago. And uh, Cantor, Cantor's the guy who picked me up. I don't know if anyone knows him, he's a drummer. So Cantor picked me up and it was raining. It was a Friday morning and it was raining. He picked me up from Chicago. I think it was O'Hare, does that make sense? Something like that, O'Hare. And he picked me up and it's pouring rain. And when I see rain, I've been living in Eretz Yisrael for over 20 years, 21 years, I've been living in Eretz Yisrael. I'm about to hit my fourth Shemitah in Eretz Yisrael. I came to the was a Shemitah and then suddenly the fourth Shemitahs. And it was raining. And when I see rain, I get excited by rain because in Eretz Yisrael, you know, the, you know, we need rain. We need rain. And I say, I say rain. I see bracha. I, I really do. I'm not, I am holy, but that's not what I meant. I wasn't because I'm so holy. I happen to be, but that's not the point here. And so are you, by the way. We just don't realize it, unfortunately. We are holy, but but I see bracha. And we see bracha is because when you don't have it, you notice it, right? When you don't have it, you notice it. You know what you have to, you miss it. So he says to me, oh, I'm so sorry it's raining. First, it's a funny comment as if like, oh, yes, you know, I please tell you and your wife not to let this happen again, you know, but I said, rain for me is exciting. I get excited by rain. It's a geschmack thing to have rain. Why? Because I'm not used to seeing it. And it's bracha. It was an incredible thing. When you get used to it, it's, ach, it's raining. What do you mean, ach, it's raining? It's all of a life comes from water. But it comes from Hashem. Yes, <laughs> I'm just saying, via water. It's an incredible thing that's going on there. Mayim Chayim, Mayim Okay, now we got, we just took a twist there for the yeshiva here, the Tesla guys. Right, so, so what happening is, is me to say, this amazing thing, you get used to it, you get used to it. Now, I went in a little bit how it's in particular, shul. Like, uh, again, Coach Menachem was discussing over here. Did you daven? Did you daven? Did you daven? Did you daven? COVID, Corona, whatever you want to call this thing, this, this whole spiel, 
you know, stuff was locked down. People were locked up. They couldn't go. I mean, not New York and Lakewood. Again, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Baltimore knows what I'm talking about. But but everyone else, you don't know what I'm talking about. But there's this thing called a lockdown. It was a lockdown. It was, it was, that didn't have a dominion for, for months. Truth is, I haven't done it for years. But that's not, I don't want to get into my personal life now. I, I, you know, I didn't have for months in a minion. When you go and walk into a shul the first time, it's this gishmak. It's about tshuva. Oh, the coachman, it's like about tshuva. It's like this excitement and this bren. Get used to it. Hey, get used to it. Funny thing is, we get used to it very quickly, though. Now, the trick, and this is, you know, coming up now that we're in Av. Now that we're in Av, uh, we know Av is an acronym for El-Ba. El-Ba. El's on the way. That's Av. El-Ba. El is coming. What's el I'm to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. It's, it's, it's a connection and relationship. We're starting this connection again, and we start to say, And we know that David Amalek says famously, And I think this is the whole discussion for tonight is going to be based off this base Ali. Now, for those who never understood what those words meant, because everybody said, you know what I mean? Everyone goes, oh, yeah, shkayach, amen, gishmak. We never really understood the words. I can explain. We say, shifty, b'nei Hashem. David Melch says, I ask for one thing. I, one, three, one, three. Sounds like another religion, whatever. But, but which, how do you answer this? That's not the point, though. The point is when he says, I ask for one thing. Shifty, b'nei Hashem. The Lushan of shifty is a funny Lushan. Shifti from Lashevet, which means to sit or to be there. That's where you are. Shabbos is the same Lashem. Shavas, ki Shavas, komalakto means he ceased, he stopped. That's your place. You stop. That's where you are. Shifti, bebeis Hashem. I would like to be Lashevet, to sit in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. All the days of my life, I want to sit in the house of the Lord. That's amazing. But then he says, Ulevaker bechalom. I want to be levaker. Everyone knows levaker, right? Levaker from Russian of bikor, bikor cholim. What's bikor cholim? To visit, to visit the sick. Levaker bechalo. Now, for those who are just a yuma, that's exciting. Shifti bebeis Hashem, levaker lechalo. What's a heichal? What's beis Hashem? Maybe it's different places. What? But we're going to look at them like they're the same place. Beis Hashem and heichalo. We're going to look at right now. It's the same place. Shifti bebeis Hashem. I want to be. My place is the beis Hashem. But I also want Levaka Bechol, I want to visit. So which one is it? Do you want to be that you're there, or do you want to be a guest? Do you want to be a balabas? Do you want to be part of it? This is your place? Or do you want to be your guest? If I was a shul rav, I would say that 12 more times. So do you understand the question? Do you want it to be or that, right? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so, but I'm not, so I'm going to go on. So which one? And the answer, my friends, it is. Answer, my friends, is exactly which you should probably pick up by now. Exactly what we've set up the answer already. The answer is shifty beis Hashem. My tata says this part all the time, but I, I thought it was from him that it says it's a beis Halevi. He says what? Maybe my tata is a beis Halevi. He says like this. You he says David Melch, I want to always be in your house, but with the newness and the respect and the honor and the covet of a guest. When you're a guest by someone's house, when you're by somewhere that you're not used to. You behave another way. It's like when my, my when my wife and our kid, my kids, we, we you know we've done a lot of weekend Shabbatonim. A lot of times we move to places. People come over and says, "Wow, your kids are like angels." I'm like, "Yeah, the angel of death." I'm like, "Well, which angel?" I'm like, what are, you, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Okay, they're like angels when they're in public with other people. Come to my house and then we'll see how they are." 
I'm kidding. Each one of them is mamish shame, mamish, the mamish gavalik. It was a joke, epis. But I mean to say is, is that we say shifty based Hashem kolim echad lasma uvakav echad. We want to be Hashem. We want to be with you the whole time, as if we just met you. Wow, that's powerful. And that's what Yiddish guys meant to be. Yiddishkeit is meant to be. Now, by the way, I'm not used to this type of uh, form, so forgive me. I can go off another hour easily by myself. I'm going to stop in a minute. Bleen nether. Um, again, if I was a rub, I would say I'm going to end. That would be a lie. You know, so I'm not a rub, so I'm just going to say I'm going to bleen nether uh, with the following. To just point out that to be able to be there constantly, a Yiddishkeit, but it's brand new, it's fresh. You have a freshness. That's known as mischatshus, newness. We have to find newness. Chadash, from the Lashon of Chodesh. Every single month, you have to come up and make sure that we're redoing this. It's new. But don't get caught up with all these new, you know, like, new type of new age things. I'm not saying start a new religion or open certain areas of religion. What I mean to be saying is, the only thing is that we have to be connected with the old or with the feeling of the new. It's always Kiddush Levana, but it's a Kiddush of the Levana. You understand? And that's why the Yidin are like the Levana, because we have our ups, we have our downs. We become bigger, we become smaller. That's normal in life. But if to make sure that we, if we go smaller, that we come back bigger. And we keep that Chidush, that Chadash is Chachus, in a way that it will remain as Bikor, because it's brand new, but still a Shevas, because we're there the whole time. I mean, there's so much more to go, but let's, let's use that as the intro. And uh, if I could push it on to my dear friends now. Um, to uh, take it away in whichever direction you'd like to take this. Just have to, I'll come back in a minute. I have to plug in my car. I'll be back in a second. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's start off with a poll. And uh, everybody here tonight, we have Rav Gav. And we're zoichet to have, he's one of the, the most inspiring speakers today. And he speaks for crowds of hundreds and thousands of people. So let's really hop around. Tonight, we, can we have a little fun, Rav Gav? Tonight, I mean, Shabbos Nachum. We want to have a good time tonight. Can we do that? Bleed there. Again, always at the bleed there, but we'll try. You're not a rub, so you're fine. Yeah, okay, right. let's take a poll and let's see what the item says. Here we go. Two question poll. How do you enhance your enjoyment in Judaism? Three options for you personally. Is it A, davening, B, acts of kindness to others, or C, learning Torah? What gives you that enjoyment in Judaism? How do you enhance your, your enjoyment? Second question, Rav Gav. What do you feel is the biggest struggle in today's Judaism? Question, answer number one is connecting Tasha. I can't even tell you something. I'm so overwhelmed. Okay, what it, is this? I, you did, I've never done a poll like this. Okay, Rav Gav, this goes with the test. It's all together, same thing. <laughs> what do you feel is the biggest struggle in today's Judaism? Connecting Tasha, understanding your place in the world, or understanding the meaning of the things we do. Again, understanding your place in the world means just general. Understanding the meaning of the things we do means... Like Torah mitzvahs, you know what I mean? Those are the two things. And you could choose whichever one you want, anonymous. And we just want to get a feeling from the crowd. So Rav Gav knows where, where to channel, where do we put our energy tonight? So many things we got to put our energy in. Oh. So you're seeing people answer. That we're going to share the answers. Not everybody can see it now. Oh, wow. They can only see the question. They can't see the answers. When I share it, everybody sees what everybody answered. But it's pretty cool, right? This is very gishmak. I, I want to re revoke my own uh, degree. This is incredible. You have a master's degree. I have a PhD. <laughs> okay, five seconds. Five. My father has money. <laughs> five, four, three, two, one. It's actually friends have money. Okay, hold on. Okay, here we go. 
So first question, how do you enhance your enjoyment in Judaism? 20% of people said davening. The winning answer, 49% of the people here tonight said acts of kindness to others, chesed. They feel they get geschmack of doing chesed and 30% of the people learning Torah. Very interesting. No? So it means learning Torah and davening is equal to chesed. It's 50-50 basically. Next question. What do you feel is the biggest struggle in today's Judaism? 37% is tied. We have a tie. We have a tiebreaker. First time ever. Two 37% connecting to Hashem and understanding your place in the world. And 26% of people say understanding meaning in the things that we do. Okay, you can exit the screen. Okay, um, we have a lot to cover tonight. Again, we're delighted to have Rav Gav here. So if anybody has any live questions, please text me, Al Parnas, and we'll put you on the roster. Rav Gav, do you want to give a thank you to the person who's, who made the shidduch, who made it happen tonight? Oh, the uh, who made the shidduch? You tell me, who made the shidduch? Was it who I said before? I'm you. It's that guy. Let's go. Give mashkoyach. Rav Abishlita. Oh, big shout out to AB. AB, we gave you a shout out in the beginning, but we're giving you a shout out. AB Eisenbach from Lakewood, New Jersey. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I know you confused it too. Okay, let's go to live questions. Ready? Okay, Ready? Well, let's turn Okay, I'm going to do a live question first. Okay, you're on first. Mute, AB. Okay, you're on. Okay, hi. So it's interesting that you started off with the Pasuk Achashoalti because I actually remember over 30 years ago walking down, asking the musician to play Achashoalti when I walked down to the Chava. And I have, I would like to think that I serve Hashem with Simcha um, and, that, um, and that I've given that over to my children. However, my question is, I have several children who have been struggling with Yiddishkeit for many years now. And needless to say, there are countless factors that contribute to this. And the reasons are not always what people think. So how does one reply to the occasional thoughtless comments from people who don't know me at all, clearly fault me without getting into the real reasons, which are not anyone's business? I mean, I, you know, forgive me, but I'm, I'm not clear exactly on the question. I understand the premise. But the question is, how do you respond when someone, give me a muscle. The muscle, somebody says X, and how do I respond? Ah, okay, very good. So I can tell you the thing that's most fresh in my mind. Um, <clears throat> I was at a Kirov Shabbaton, and obviously if I'm at a Kirov Shabbaton, we're singing and, you know, smiling and doing a lot of that. And one of the people uh, who was, you know, obviously not from yet at the Shabbaton, uh, told me that they think they're psychic. <laughs> so, you know, I'm always up for something adventurous. I'm like, oh, tell me something about myself. And then I didn't think for a second it wouldn't be positive. And she's like, well, you know, I think, you know, I, I seeing, you know, what I've seen about you over Shabbos, I, 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 I can understand why your kids went AWOL. That's just like something that somebody felt free to say. So Baruch Hashem, I, you know, chose to consider the source and not take it too seriously. But that's the type of thing that somebody might, obviously that doesn't happen often, but that's just the most recent, so it's fresh in my mind. People just jump to conclusions and they could be like so off the mark, but yet they they don't deserve like the whole answer. It's really not their business, you know? So, yeah. Right, okay, excellent. Uh, first of all, there's a Kola Kavoda even asked the question. It's a, there's a, that's a, very powerful questions. And, and you know what? It's not the first time it's come up. And I'm sure that many people go through this. And, and uh, if I may just shift off the question for a moment, but I'll come back. I'm not one of the, I'm telling you right now, I'm very clear. I'm not a panelist. 
I'm not pulling a move where I'm going to answer something that you're not asking. I'm going to actually attempt to ask, answer your question directly. I'm just going to move a step back just to break forward with it. Um, all of us, the, the most challenging, I believe, the most challenging thing that we experience uh, as people, uh, you know, is interpersonal relationships. How do we deal with other people? It is one of the, if not the most, it's one of the most challenging things that exists, right? Everybody has their experiences and, and their experience forms the way that they see the world. And that also forms the way that we say things and the way that we interpret what other people say. So I, I just wanna, I wanna just put that as a premise to be able to go forward with what I'm about to say right now. When somebody says something to us, a comment of the sort, and, and, and I, I'm not uh, saying to respond or not to respond, you're welcome to do it again. I don't know the form, how it works. So I don't know if this turns into one-on-one. -on -one. That's up to the, these two gentlemen who happen to be on my right and my left in my boxes. I don't know how your boxes are set up, um, but uh, that I learned in gemology. Um, but uh, but here's, here's the deal, who cares? So somebody says something like that. Somebody says a comment. Uh, somebody has an opinion. Who cares? So they have, a, so they have, a, and you say like, well, I don't really necessarily want to say or have to say. I, I don't mean to be. I don't. I don't mean to take away, minimize your pain. That's not my point. I'm not saying like, like, you know, someone puts you in a in a circumstance where you feel like they're judging you, right? That's essentially what's happening, right? So okay, so you feel like they're judging. You. Let's take a step back. Why are we giving these people power? as if they are a manda ammar, as if they are someone who has an opinion. Lamashal, imagine it was a little kid that walked over to you. I was a two-year-old kid and said, randomly, randomly said, your kid's off the derrick because whatever. You look at it, you laugh. You're like, okay, little one, run along now. You don't give any power to it. Because it's a joke. Who is this little kid? But all of a sudden, when somebody says something, then maybe it, uh, it, it bothers us why is it bothering us? Now, forgive me for not giving you a chance to respond. I will in a minute. My, my, my point is twofold. On the one hand, maybe it's bothering us because there is some sort of truth to it. Maybe there is truth to it. Maybe there is. Maybe, maybe there is some sort of uh, way that you behave that causes something. Does that mean it's the whole picture? Not the Of course not. There's going to be a million factors going on. But does it mean that maybe there is a contributing factor? The answer is perhaps. Let's go along the case that that's not it. So that's because we say, no, this person, I, I care how I look in their eyes. And that comes a lot with self-esteem. And, and please forgive me. I'm not pulling a move on you. I'm saying you must have low self-esteem. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying every one of us has feelings. I'm not, you're not alone here. Every one of us have these feelings of like, we don't like when people look at us a certain way. And okay, nobody likes that. But when it eats at us, it's like, okay, why, why does it eat? Okay, everyone has their whatever. What I would say is the practical response, if you feel the need to respond, is I would say something along the lines of, listen, I, I appreciate and respect the fact that you are pointing out something that you feel I can work on. I really do appreciate that. However, I, it is important for me that you know that there's more than what meets the eye. And just because of the fact that you're seeing uh, a certain thing, that doesn't have to mean at all that it's accurate. And... Uh, it, it is a little bit, I feel a little bit hurt that you would, you would put it to be in such a way. I want you to know maybe there's more than, than what you're seeing over here. And uh, I, I think if you say such a thing like that, I believe everyone can relate to that in some level. So they have two ways they can respond. 
no, and they'll go fight her in the way they think, in which case, at that point, you know you're not dealing with someone who's willing to hear anything, which means, like, why are we giving them the time of day? Or they'll say to you, okay, I hear what you're saying, and uh, thank you for saying that to me and pointing out, and we can move forward in life. That, that's, that's the way that I would, that I would uh, approach it. Does that address it in any way, shape, or form, Rebetzin? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, let's go now. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. We have, we have a live. We're going to do a live. Let's go to another live one. I have to ask Mechila to everyone here because, again, I know there's a lot of people, and sometimes people feel like they're not getting the full on. You have right. Parnas's email. Feel free to send it to him, and if, if it's something that needs to be followed up, I'm happy to try to follow up. So I just amazing. I just want to say tonight, I have a very good friend on a childhood friend of mine um, who's not doing. He's not feeling well. He's in the hospital. He was just on before. So we're gonna do tonight's share in Schos Rufush Lampim. His name is Menachem Ben Devora. Okay, Rav Gav, it works. Absolutely. All the people are gonna be chazik tonight. Okay. Um, live question. You're on. Uh, hi. I have a small question. It just applies to general all aspects of my life. You know, whenever I learn in this farm about Hashem, Hashem could do this, Hashem could do that. Hashem is in front of you, watching you. Watch what you do because Hashem is there. Uh, you should. When difficulties come up, you know, you should rely on Hashem. Hashem can take care of everything. How do I kind of take it from a fictional figure to actually something that's real and part of my life? And I really want to fear Hashem. I want to hold Hashem, have Hashem holding my hand. I want to go on with Hashem in every single step. Yeah, that, that, that is, uh, if, if, I'm going to repeat the question just to make sure that I have it and make sure you allow him to be unmuted that, that, that he can say yes or no to what I'm understanding here. If I understand correctly, your question is like this. Okay, I, I, I get it. There's Hashem. I get it. There's God. I get it that he runs the world. I've learned about this. I've heard about this. Perhaps you even taught other people about it. Everything is great. The question is, oh, Lamaisa. How do I feel it, right? How do I feel it? Like a Salante saying that the greatest distance that exists in this world is from the head to the heart. How do I get it from over here to over here? How do I get it from the thought process of, and the way you worded fictional, I was once giving a shear uh, about 10 or 11 years ago, and Rabbi Krohn, he, he, he gave it to me when I said something that you just said. He didn't like the way I said it like that also. Like, yeah, it's almost like the story is in the Torah, like fairy tale. So he's like, well, be careful how you say it. But you said it nicely. You get like a nice intro to it. And I didn't give that intro. So I maybe should have done it and learned from you. How do I make it that it's not this fictional or this theoretical thing and make it more into a practical way that I'm starting to feel it? Is that accurate? Is that your question? Yes, that is my question. And basically, you know, as much as I feel I'm learning Svarim and reading it, but I don't feel that's penetrating the heart. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, very good. So so this is a, uh, this is the, this is the, this is the question. It's, it's the follow-up question, if you've done the steps beforehand. Uh, I, you're welcome to, to look it up in longhand. I'm going to give you the short version of this, but I, have, uh, I think it's a 45-minute or an hour share online on YouTube that uh, that spells it out more. If you look up Rabbi Gabriel Friedman, K-A-A, you'll see the long version of this. It's very worthwhile for everybody to watch it. It's, it's life-altering. There's one line in there that I don't say that I'm going to say now, which I wish I would have said, and maybe I'll redo it. The answer to your question is, 
the question that most from people struggle with, in my experience, that when you go open, a, I don't say most, I, I take that back, that I have experienced, where I know there's a sham, I get it's all true, but how do I start to feel such a thing? How do I move that? And the answer is there's three steps. Step number one is knowledge. That's the K in Ka. You have to know. In other words, you have to have an understanding that there's a Shem that runs the world. You have to at least know that you said you have that. Let's assume that's true that you have that. If you don't, then that's something that has to be looked into. There's an assumption that, you know, that, uh, yeah, of course you know there's a Shem. There was a shul I spoke at once years ago. I got up to speak and I said to him, this will probably be the last time I'll be asked to speak here. And I was right. Nisnavna v'yodamashinisnavna. And, and, uh, and, and I, I challenged them to how many people here know that there's Hashem? How do you know? And uh, nobody was able to answer the question. And, and there's a reason for it. Many of us like, because I know. My grandmother was a bubby. What's a Shiloh? Okay, you're welcome to go ahead and, and say that. Give me one second. So, so here's, here's, here's what we have. Number one is knowledge. You have to know that there's Hashem. Once a person has clarity that there's a Shem on some level, not once, I mean, it's, it's a process, right? But you get to know the Shem. Then we have acting upon it. That's A. That's number, number two. Step two is action. Oh, that's oh, action. Start to act upon that which you know. Now, this is where I'm going to say a line. I'm going to rephrase it. There's a, a line out there that's fake it till you make it. Now, fake it till you make it, if you actually understand what the sentence means in this context, it does work. But it does have a negative connotation from my experience over teaching for a few years now and meeting people and the way that they take that line is like, oh, so the whole thing is fake? The answer is no, it's not fake because you know that it's true. You just don't feel it. So it's about faking the feeling until you make it. Now, hold on one second. Still negativity. So I'm going to shift it. And this is the line I don't say. The line is not fake it till you make it, but act to impact. When you act upon something, it starts to impact you. Now, I'm assuming, Rabbi Vramel, that you're coming from a... I'm assuming it's your name first of all because it says Avrami over there. So I'm assuming that your question is past those steps. I know that there's a sham, I've learned it. And you put on tefillin and you go to shul and you learn and whatever it is. So then where's the third step? How come I'm not feeling it? And the answer is to that is number three, like Coach Menachem was saying in the beginning, did you really doubt it? That's ah, it's known as awareness. Actually taking a moment to think about what you're doing. Stop, take the time to meditate to go through it. I'm not saying you have to go to, you know, some forest and whatever it is. What I am saying is that stop for a moment. Like the Gemara says, Chassidim Yishonim, the Gemara in Lamed Beis and Brachos, also in Lamed, the Mishnah says that the Gemara speaks about Chassidim Yishonim in Lamed Beis. The Brachos says that Chassidim Yishonim would wait an hour before the Vedam and you got to get into the mindset, allow it to penetrate, allow it to penetrate. The more a person is calling, you have the knowledge of the action, you have the awareness and you pay attention to what you're doing. And person goes after what they speak about. Speak about it. Praise. Speak out to Hashem. Don't keep it inside. Exter make it real. You need to act to inspire into a pack. Speak to the Ribonosol and say, Hashem, thank you so much. Thank you for this. Thank you for that challenge. Thank you. I don't know why, but please help me understand it. The more you speak about these things and the more that you talk about them, not just learning about it, 
that, that's law medrash that's the mission of us 117 the the, the medrash just thinking just learning it is nice but you got to get out in, in the mice dick and you speak about it and you talk about it and you speak about it and you think about it and the more you have that the deeper it's gonna it's gonna penetrate into our hearts not easy it is the challenge of our existence so that's why it's one of the sheish mitzvahs to be this is knowing that there's a sham in the world, right? That's one of the sheesh mitzvahs to me. This that the chinuch says, second baralacha brought down shulchan aruch, famously quoting the chinuch, right? That tells us the six mitzvahs constantly to be having. Why do you kind of think about these things all the time? Because if you don't think about them, they don't exist. Of course they exist. They don't exist to you. Therefore, it has to be thought about. So, in short, knowledge, action, awareness. The more you act upon it, then it more it will impact. The more you think about it, and the more you discuss it, the more it penetrates, and it takes time. But the more that we do that, the more it starts to become part of us until we start to realize, wow, of course Hashem's in my life. And I'm, I'm able to deal with all the challenges that I go through because I've been speaking about it, recognizing it, thinking Hashem. Like a Joey Newcomb, like just like the whole, thank you, Hashem. Right? I don't know if it's his song. I think I don't know if it's his. I think he performed it, whatever. The point is, the Thank You Hashem movement, one of my chavruses back in Tomo days, Bloomstein, Meilich, I think he wrote it. But the point is, is that, is that you thank Hashem for what you have. Thank Hashem for what you have and recognize these things. I think then it starts to really uh, start to make an impact. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Sorry, that beautiful, very sharp. By the way, Joey Newcomb's mother watches every week. She's listening to you. Oh, right? the Heilige Mama, Heilige, Heilige Mama, unbelievable. Okay, now we're gonna go to our next question. We have a bunch of live questions. And uh, hi, Sarah. Thanks. No. I'm, I'm kind of competing with the air conditioner here, so I hope you can hear me. Have my headphones. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm talking a little. Um, I was, you know, I. I feel, you know, Rob God here just kind of answered my internal question about the imposter syndrome. You feel like, you know, how, you know, how sincere are you in your observance? But I, I was thinking that, I don't know if you touched on the idea of finding mentors. And I don't know if there's a problem with that where sometimes, you know, I like to look at pe people who inspire me in ways I can emulate them, but sometimes it seems that they might there might be impossible standards, like how can I measure up to these people or how can I find a mentor, somebody like you may be realistic in terms of my level, my background. I mean, I think, you know, somebody that can help me in my Yiddish kind, but they're not like just a total, you know, you know, you know they're a lot of wonderful people. And I sometimes they're, I feel like they're too wonderful almost. You know, for little old me, how do I, you know, how do you recommend like finding a mentor or somebody, you know, matching up people in a certain sense that, um, or, or, you know, to help you? Uh, you know. That, 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 first of all, I would like to commend you on asking that question with oh, your camera you. on. So call a kavod, first person with the camera on. I'm very oh, nice. impressed. Warts and all here. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, listen. And air conditioning. Yeah, I'm not afraid. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's, it's a really good question. And I really, really appreciate that idea of the thought of sometimes, like, how am I supposed to live up to who and can I and all that kind of stuff. And, and the, the, answer, the answer is it's, it's, it's important to understand that you are meant to be you. You're not meant to be somebody else. A lot of times people can get carried away to start thinking that I have to be somebody else, right? That's the classic story with uh, Naftali Amsterdam, I think it was. Zusha, why weren't you ready? 
Why yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Says, like, Rebbe, if I had your your mind and your sharpness of the the, the depth yeah. of the sun, the sharpness of voda and and all that stuff. I said, no, with your head, with your heart, with your mind, with you. Chaya Sari Cantor is has has a tafkin of what she's supposed to be accomplishing in this world. You're not meant to be somebody else. You're not meant to be. Uh, Rabbi Akiva, you're not meant to be representing Kanievsky. You're not meant to be. You're meant to be you. And when we see people behaving in a certain way, you're asking about mentor. I, I'm going to shift it to the whole world are our mentors. As the Ezu Chacham, who's a wise person, says the Mishnah, Halomid Nikol Adam. We learn from every person. For those who are open to growth, we see from everyone the way they behave. And sometimes they behave in a way which we learn how not to behave because we say, maybe I do that and that's inappropriate. And sometimes we say, that's a way which we'd like to emulate. That doesn't mean that we have to be them, though. That means that we have to try to up our game in some which way. But because you did mention, particularly, in reference to a mentor of sorts. I, I will point out that it's important to know that if somebody is looking for it to have some sort of mentor, that there, again, more so in, in the realm of a rough, you know, it, it, there are three criteria that I always say that you have to look out for. The three criteria you want to look for, that is availability, likability, and for the sake of ability, knowledgeability. Now, what does that mean? That means that if you have amazing Rav who knows everything and you love them, but they're never available, not going to help you. And if you have someone that's always available but doesn't know anything, but you like them a lot, great, they can't help you. And if they're available and they know everything, but you don't like them, you're human. It's, it's very hard to be able to go ahead and connect to them. So try to find someone that will fit these, these, this bill of they're available to be there for questions you feel some sort of rapport that you can be open and, and, and open, you know, honest with them. And that they, you feel like they have what to give. And if you could find that person, which I think is possible, by the way, I, I think there's many people around like that, and then try to attach and don't give up hope just because you're not them. That's not what you're meant to be. You're meant to be you with, with taking cues from the world around us. That's, that's, what I would, that's what I would say. But again, I appreciate the question. It was excellent. Okay, here we go. More questions. You're on live. Okay, so you mentioned before about like ways to like connect and really internalize everything. So I wanted to know like how could I make sure to like internalize this even during like times where it's like happy and like I feel like whenever I go through like a scary time, let's say that's when I suddenly am able to like think about all these things that I want to constantly feel it going through like the mundane and all that stuff. Um, that was one question. I have another question also. Good move, good move. Yeah, let's hear. I don't know if it's connected or not or whatever, maybe not, but I wanted to know like when you go through a scary time, how do you take upon yourself like a normal Kabbalah and not something that's like so extreme just because you feel desperate or like you're not thinking clearly, like something that like you know makes sense in that situation and could really impact and like really make a difference but not be too extreme. That's my two questions. Okay, excellent. I, I have one critique. You should not have said it might not be connected. Just say, I have a question and connected is, because then you'll get in too easy. When you say it's not connected, maybe we're not gonna take the second question, but I'm gonna take both. Here we go. Number one, the question was, okay. And it's interesting you said that because sometimes you find the opposite. It depends on the person. You said, 
how do I feel Hashem during the good times? Because it's like during the bad times, it's like, you know, people all of a sudden, you know, we find, you know, Hashem, but, but during the good times, constant, be connected. And number two is, I forgot. <laughs> okay, we're going to come back to number two in a second. Let's start off with number one. Uh, let, 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 let's say number two. Let us say number two. Okay, what was number two? It was how do you take upon yourself uh, like a normal- oh, yeah, Kabbalah, Kabbalah. A reasonable Kabbalah. It's not going to be insane. A very connected question. Okay, so so here, let's let's start with number one. Number, ala rishon, rishon, ala achron, acharon. That's just me stalling so I can remember the rishon. Okay, so uh, how does one feel it? Again, this is taking us back to uh, a theme that we've been discussing the entire time, right? And that's ultimately, that's, that's the third step of Ka that's known as awareness. Uh, how does a person do that? Uh, the way a person does that is nowadays by setting your alarm. You have a phone for one reason. The only reason why the iPhone, the Samsung, the smartphones are created now. If you have a flip phone, you have a kosher phone, so then this won't work and you'll never be able to connect that ship. Khalila, what am I talking about? <laughs> what I'm saying is though, if you do have a way of setting an alarm, even, even, the, even the, the flip phones, you could set alarms. Set alarms every 15 minutes that that alarm stops you for a moment just to go, oh, wait a minute, stop, pay attention, think. It's all about kavana. It's all about kavana. And the only way to have kavana is to allow yourself to have it. The only way to allow yourself to have it is to quiet everything that's going on around you. Find a place, time to just stop for a moment and think. You know what's amazing? And this is also all part of that longer shear. What's amazing is that, is that you have um, Chazal understood this problem. The, the great, great sages. For those unfamiliar with Chazal, uh, Chazal stands for Chachamim Zichronim Levracha, the sages of blessed memory. And I know that out of 446 of you, I just helped 400 of you because you heard that a million times and never knew what it meant. <laughs> so what, what is Chazal? Chazal? Chazal said the following. I, we know that you're going to lose concentration and not realize that Hashem is here and constantly be on the game. So you know what they did? They inserted throughout the day reminders. You ever stop and think about overwhelming majority of your day is the Rabbanon, rabbinic. Let's start with the most obvious, Barachos. Unless every time you eat, you are washing and eating a full meal, in which case I recommend perhaps dieting, unless you're doing like having bread on a full meal every single time you eat, you're saying Durabanan brachos. Every bracha rishona is Durabanan. Almost every bracha achrona is Durabanan. It's rabbinic. Why? Baruch Atah Hashem. What's Baruch Atah Hashem? Not blessed are thou with this goddess, although that it doesn't mean that. Blessed is the Lord. But God's upstairs going, I am. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, what it means is Baruch Atah Hashem, Atah Hashem Baruch. You, Hashem, are the source. Baruch, like the word Brecha, which means a pool or a spring. You're the source of everything. Oh, yeah. Asher Yatsar. Whoa, Asher Yatsar. Goes into the depth of And if you're Svarty or if you, you learned in Big Sack of fine. But you go and you say these things. Look at the power of Brachos. It's to remind you. You know what the problem is, though? Rebbitson YF. The problem is, we are so from that we make the Rabbanans like the Araisas. And we forget about them also. 
In other words, we got used to them and we made them by rote, which is why I'm saying maybe make an additional thing of an alarm clock. Set yourself reminders to stop and think and say, thank you, Hashem, and make it part of your life. That's one thing that I would say. I think that would be addressing the first one of how can I come to see Hashem more in my life? The answer is like, it's all about kavana. If you pay attention to what Chazal set up, then it would change our lives. If we would just pay attention to a bracha, and we say them all the time, davening, benching, brachas, asher yatsar, it would, it would, moda'ani in the morning, shema, going to sleep. Our day is filled with remember me, remember me, remember me, remember me. But unfortunately, Menachem, Rav Ushir and I had a, had a, like a two-minute meeting a couple of days ago when we were discussing what we're going to talk about. And and there was a story that was brought up. I, forgive me, Ravi, I don't remember the story. I just remember the one that I told because I'm selfish and self-centered, narcissistic. But the uh but i'm working on it i am because i am great anyway so so um the story goes about a rabbi who's speaking in between mincha and marv rabbis and wife listen this is the thing in between mincha and marv he's speaking he's like we have to think about hashem and we got to put hashem more into our lives and and we have to talk about hashem and one old guy in the back goes enough of hashem already can we just dive in and that's unfortunately what happens is we just dive in, but we're not thinking about Hashem. If we take the time to do that, it would change everything. Full stop. Next question was about Kabbalahs. This is only so salantiv, so shrekarai, over and over again. The biggest time that we're gonna, that the Rebona Shalom is going to have on us is that we didn't take the smallest thing. Because you have an excuse to say, Hashem, I couldn't take such a big thing. It was too much for me. But you don't have an excuse to say that I didn't take the smallest thing that I know I could take. And everyone, you know, leave, leave your day Morris Nafsha. Everybody knows their self, themselves are like, oh, I know I can be doing this and I'm not even doing that. Whatever that is, take it by yourself. Enough of the big, huge, whatever. It's like just whatever you're able to do. Now, this is what I always tell people because someone says, oh, but I don't feel like I feel like I want to be taking more. So this is what I'm going to share with you. Take something very small the smallest thing that you can't not do. And also take something that's big. The big though, make sure you're putting it in the box of bonus. The small one is the one that I'm doing come Jehinom or Mayim Gvon. But when it comes to the second one, which is the big one that you're gonna try. And if you don't do, it's not a failure. That was the bonus. That's what I wanted to share with you. So in that case, you'll end up doing the small ones because it's easy. And you'll end up doing the bigger ones when you can to be able to continue to grow. That's, that's how I would address it. I hope that, that answered in some way, shape, or form. I have a question before we continue. I know we're, we're discussing feeling Hashem. I think many people, um, first of all, many think feeling Hashem is a new thing. Who said you have to feel Hashem? You have to do a mitzvah. Just continue doing what you need to do. What's this all feeling about? I know today everybody's into the emotions and feelings. And if we do have to feel, could, could we discuss what that looks like? What are we looking for? I mean, I can't, I can't answer for other people. I can tell you myself. For me, for me. I, 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 I can tell you for me. I mean, what it looks like is feeling connected to what I'm doing. Uh, you know, in other words, that, that I don't want it just to be that, I, it's, that it should feel like a one-way relationship. That like it's almost and it's going back to our friend uh, Rami's question of that it should feel like this is just like I'm doing something without any feeling. I first want to take it a step back to give credence to the feeling thing. I don't know how to explain Kalter Litvak. I don't. Uh, anyone can explain it to me. But I could just tell you it's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. Rachmana Libaboy. 
says, I want your heart. We just read it in the Aftorah. You think I need your carbonos? You think I need your sheep and your goat? You think Hashem's up there thinking like, oh, thank God they brought lamb chops tonight, angels. Mm, it's going to be delicious. Hashem doesn't need a carbonos. He says, I want your heart. I want you to be connected with me. I want you, I want to feel that love. Osios Lamed Beis. Love. Lave. What? Anyway, Hashem says, I want you to feel connected to what you're doing. That's, I believe, what it means. is the manifestation of the concept of the feeling. It's feeling connected to what I'm doing. So first, so, first, first be aware of what you're doing. Yeah. Before, before bringing, before God. Being aware, I mean, step one, I mean, step, step, step one before anything, that's, that, that's, it's not awareness, it's knowledge, right? It's God. It's, it's, I have to know that there's something here. The awareness in, in the way that we modeled, again, by we, I mean me, but the, the way that I modeled it was that, that that comes out, it doesn't have to be after, you know, it could be together with it. But number one, know that this is real. And number two, it actually feel that it's real. The Bono Shalom wants a relationship with us. Whatever that means, it was obviously we're talking, what do you, from a purely philosophical level, I mean, coming from H, I could tell you that from a philosophical level, there's no emotions. There's no emotions. But, but the Rebono Shalom says not like that. The flourish in his Torah, he says, that's not true. He says, I want you to be connected with me, and I want you to be feeling it. And he says, Yedid Nefesh. And he says, And he says, And what are all these Mishalom? These are all there because it's relationship-based. So I think that's why people are yearning for this feeling because of the Torah itself. The makeup of our Neshama is to feel connected. And the Neshama is a Chelek HaLekamimal. And if it's not feeling connected, that means it's distant. And therefore, we want to be able to be plugging in. I think, I think that's, uh, I believe. That's what Very good. If you're watching this after the fact, do not answer a main. If you're watching now, you have to ask your own rub with the answer you don't. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Sha'akol Niyeb Dvaro. Amen. Hey, Rav, somebody texted a question, all right? You ready? I'm ready. Somebody writes like this. I have a child that's struggling right now in Yiddishkeit, I'm barely from. Um, I put all my energy in there to give the child everything I got. The problem is, is that it's taking me over and fully consuming me and I can't give my other children what they need and I can't myself function as a human being. Please give me some adracha. That is like so, wow, this is such a question. I, I, this is such a, wow, this is heavy. First of all, my heart goes out to this. I, I can relate to, uh, ish. I can relate ish to such a concept. There is step one that I'm going to tell you before you talk about your other kids and before you talk about that kid, Let's talk about you for a minute. There's a, I'm going to borrow a line that I, that I read about Rav Huttner and Rav Freifeld. And I'm going to put it over here. Rav, uh, Rav Huttner was Rav Freifeld's Rebbe. And uh, I believe, I hope I got that right. I get that right, Rebbe? Am I right? Anyway, so, so I think that. And at some point in Rav Freifeld, from the familiar, it's Shariyosh, Roshiva Shariyosh. I mean, but Rav Freifeld, uh, Rav Hunter came to him and he said, it's time for you to start learning a little bit more. And he said a certain type of limud he wanted him to be learning. Now, I know the person who asked this question is like, I'm not looking for a vart about Rav Freifeld. Could you just answer my question? And I understand you. Relax. I'm not going to do a two-hour presentation. It's going to be five seconds. I just got to get this, this point across. He, he said to him that he wanted him to be learning more. Freifeld was a Rosh Hashiva. 
He had Talmidim. He was giving Shirim. He had so much going on. He says, you want me to learn more? He's like, well, what's going to be with my Talmidim? I don't I don't have time to be able to do that. It's going to be taking away from my Talmidim if I do such a thing. And he said back to him, he said back to him, let, let me explain something to you. He said, and, and listen, I don't know if this is a mother or father. I don't remember if you said, but it doesn't matter. He says, in this muscle, he said, a well-fed mother is a better mother. A well-fed mother is a better mother. Unfortunately, there are too many mothers out there that love their kids to death. And what I mean by that is their own death. What that means is they don't take care of themselves. They don't sleep at all. They don't eat at all. They don't take time for themselves. And therefore they become so overwhelmed like it sounds like it's being described besides the other children, which we're going to get to, right? It says overwhelmed that eventually not only are you not able going to, to, to help, but not even able to help the kid you're trying to help. And the whole goal is trying to help. We have to try to find some sort of balance. Is that hard? It, I would say that one of the, besides interpersonal relationships on a, on a, on a own, being Adam La'atzmi, that's been on the Chaver, on a being Adam La'atzmo level, balancing one's life is a, it's, it's a balancing act. It's called a balancing act for a reason. To find that, that you know, where the fulcrum can hold the whole, the, everything going on between davening and learning and, and Hashem and, 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 and spouse and, and kid and other kid and other kid and school and sleep and, and some recreation, etc. Number one, you need to chill. What I mean is you need time to yourself. If you don't take time to yourself, you're not going to be helping your kid. It's, it's gonna, you're going to end up hurting them. That's number one. Now, what about the other children? Along those lines is, now again, I, again, because the question is a text and I don't know all the details of what's going on over here. It could be, God forbid, it's talking about a life and death circumstance. And if, I don't, if I'm with them 24-7, then it's going to, I don't know. I don't know the actual question. I'm saying, assuming that's not the case. It's not a life or death if you walk away for a minute. You have to take time for yourself. Vital within that is we have to also be able to balance that with our other children. It's, it's just a funny concept to say like, okay, let me go ahead. And <laughs> it, it reminds me of, of one of my children was, was holding a cup. And in the cup, there was, there was uh, an ice cube. And there was an ice cube that he put the ice cube in the cup. And then he they put the second one, it fell on the floor. So he bent over to pick up the ice cube. And when he bent over and he picked it up, the other one fell out. And then he put it in the, the cup and then he looked, he's like, oh, and then he did it again. And he picked up the ice cube and he bent over and it fell and this kept happening. Ice, ice, the baby kept doing it. It was ice, ice baby. And, and finally, you know, I, I went to go help. <laughs> You're so focused on the one that just fell that you don't realize there's another one that's about to fall. If we go and give so much time and effort to the one that fell, what about the ones that also need us? that they're not going to fall. Now, hopefully, they don't need as much time and energy because it's a lot easier to keep up something that hasn't fallen than to pick up something that's already fallen. So the balance, I say, is threefold. Number one, this has to be spoken out with your spouse or, 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 with, or with someone who's helping you. Find someone to help you. You need to be, you can't do this alone. Spoken out of how do I make time for myself, either daily or weekly. 
And what's the balance of how much my other children need that I can give them at least that? Because sometimes it's not even quantity, it's just quality. And if you give a few minutes of focused attention to other kids, they'll be fine that you can go back to the one that, God forbid, you know, unfortunately has fallen. I hope that was uh, that was somewhat clear. That's what I was saying. But again, I, I sympathize. I, I, I want to do a little bit of a follow-up question, similar question, since we're getting into that thing, and then we'll have a bunch of live also that want to go. Okay? I'm par parenting a large family while I'm still trying to instill happiness and the beauty of mitzvahs and Torah. The problem is my oldest son is struggling teens and comes home exposing my other children to gashmis, fun world, and mocks from people and mitzvahs as if we're losers and stupid. My younger kids are jealous. He gets the weird jeans, iPhones, watch movies. How can I still instill Kedusha and happiness into my younger kids? Uh, there's so much more to this question that's not being told, just like every question. Every single question is a world. And this is why, again, I'm asking Mechila again, if somebody feels like I'm not addressing the way they want to hear it. Forgive me, I can only, you know, what I... What uh, I uh, this, is general, this is just general. This, the, the concepts... It's not for one specific person. Yeah, I understand. I, I still I still have been on the other side and felt like a little bit like eh, it was too general of an answer, too general of a question. So but but I'm gonna I'm gonna answer like this. There has to <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say something straight out and then I'm gonna retract it. How's that? Right? So so I'm calling retraction already. Why is it that this kid has the power to behave like that in front of your other children? I'm not asking why the kid's off the deck. That's not my point. I, I'm not asking why they have the negative feelings. Fine, they're off. They have the negative feelings. But they're not allowed to smoke weed in the house. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to draw a line and you take a straw or a dollar. You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know. If you do know, it's not tic-tac-toe. Okay, you have your things you're doing. You're not going to take one of those one of those things. I don't know what they're called. I, I feel old. The, the vaping thingamajigs, which like it's healthy. It's not the nick. <laughs> you can't do it in the house. You can't do it in the house. You have a negative feeling towards something. That is your prerogative. And hey, you want to speak about it? That's fine. But you don't have a right to push it on other people. There's a basic respect question here. It's not a question of of religion and of whether it's not this is the right thing, the wrong thing whether there's a sham or not, whether you know you agree with it or not. The question is that respect that when you're in someone else's home, you don't go out and behave a certain way. That's why I say there's so much more to this question of like, you know, like I would say also to a certain kid of mine, like, okay, if you're going to do this, listen, I understand that for whatever reason this has to be done, but we have to respect it. I don't want this to turn to my house. It's my rule. That's not what I want to turn it into. But the answer is, yeah, under my house is a decent respect of, of how we behave, particularly in front of other people. What you do, you do. But to go out, and I think that has to be spoken out with this kid. The question is how. And now, when it gets to this particular type of circumstance, when it gets to this type of circumstance, it, it opens usually the communication is not so powerful. I know there's something going on, there's some sort of lack of communication. And I would even venture to say, based on. Oh, Rob, I'm muted. Sorry. Have I the whole time I'm muted? From the beginning. Start again with the opening. So my name is Rob Gap. I'm originally from New York. <laughs> well, how much am I going back? Like 10 seconds? One second. Right. So, so I believe that there's a communication issue going on and a certain respect 
thing going on. Now, what do I mean by respect here? You might think I mean to say, what's going on? This kid isn't respecting the rules. Dare I say the fifth and a half commandment, Kabed S your children. Number five is Kabed Sebichim Esimach. You know what? Number four and a half is Kabed S Yiladecha. What do I mean by that? If we respect our children, it doesn't mean you have to stand up for them and get them a cup of water and not sit in their place and not catch a dick them like the Gemara speaks about my keyboard, my mower, the Gemara Kedush and Lamed over there. I mean to say like basic decency, they're human. Sometimes we look at our kids like they're not human. We can do whatever we want with them. It says, no, do we respect them? Do we allow them to sh- express how they feel? Do we give them a feeling of we hear what they're going through, even if we don't agree, but we at least hear what they're saying? And I think that if there would be open communication to say, listen, Plony, we have to discuss it. I'm clearly not thrilled with the way that you've chose to live your life. You know that. But at the same time, there has to be, you know, we have to work something out over here. Let's li- we love you. We want you to be here. And I hope you know that. But at the same time, there has to be a certain way of behavior that it can't be done in front of other people. You want to close the door. You want to go in your room. You want to do what you're going to do get it but like i said whatever so we respect them and not just like shove it down the throat that i'm the parent you're the child i tell you what to do you listen to me don't you know who i am i already lost them there's a good chance that perhaps even directed them in a certain place now but we treat them a certain way and then we certain to say like setting down certain ground rules i believe that you'll find that respect will be reciprocated if you can find it now is that always the case no like you said it's general so i'm gonna get away with that Yes, of There's some lot of questions now. We have a bunch of people waiting. Okay, here we go. Hi. 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 Um, okay, so I wanted to ask for Gav uh, two questions. First is with regards to <laughs> both actually are connected to the circle of life. Um, uh, the first one is um, very often you'll reference cultural things. Um, do you plan them ahead of time um, to sort of make things real for the audience and sort of whatever you know exposures they have, or do you um, sort of like like how do you balance it? That's the first question. The other part is, um, you know, there's there's more to see that can ever be seen and more to do than can ever be done. That said. Um, what is that? I don't, with, I don't know what that means. Yeah, go on. <laughs> with Shadokim, um, it's, it's almost like what's real and what's not real. Like we can be so busy trying to figure out like, what, what other options there are out there. Um, what, how does one focus on what's real so that they can continue you know, and, and be a part of that circle of life? I'm going to ask you to rephrase question two. Ask it again in a different way. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, basically, with regards to Shaduchin, um, there is a reality versus fantasy um, thing that plays out. Um, the, it's just a question of when things become real. Um, People are still looking for something that's not necessarily. So how do you 
how do you keep it real and keep it fun and also um, approach Shadokhin from a perspective of like life is, it's just complex. So just have fun with it. Okay. All right. So, so um, I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to answer both. I'll, I'll, I think I'll do a little better at the first and the second, just because I think there's a lot more to question number two that's being, than that, that is being uh, spelled out. But answer to number one, in terms of references, I grew up in Woodmere, New York. For those who aren't familiar with what that means, it's the five towns. Now, this is the five towns, and I'm talking about, I've been out of New York for over 20 years, so whatever it is now, I'm sure it's wonderful and great, and even then it was great, and it was wonderful and fantastic, but it was a little bit more on the uh, uh, non-yeshiva side, let's call it. So I have a little bit of exposure to certain, uh, whatever the Lushan is, uh, references, as you call them, right? So if you're asking, do I plan things out in advance? The answer is no. I do not write down a, a statement, although I just got, <laughs> there's nothing, I want to make very clear to a dear friend of mine, there's nothing wrong with Woodmere that I know of today, I don't know, it's wonderful, but but uh, that's for you, AJ, even though you're not really A, I don't know why you have it over there, but oh, it is, maybe, but not, anyway, point is, uh, back to my point here is like this, um, I have uh, references that I have just because they're in my head, Gears of the Ankasa, so that's not a planned out thing that's written in notes and whatnot, that's just the Gears of the Ankasa that pops out when it does, and Hamevin Yovin, and Yovin, that most people don't know my references, you know, there are a few that know if you happen to be my age, if you're 63 and older, then you'll, then you'll know them, um, in any event, that's number one, number two, Shiduchim, uh, that's a, a topic in its in its own realm, and I'm sure you, not I'm, I'm more than sure that, that this has been touched upon on on these uh, in these talks, and I believe that uh, uh, Coach Menachem and Kvodara Paras maybe can reference back to sheer 43 and 26 and and 12 that will go much more in depth than I'm about to get right now. But I'll tell you the one thing that I say um, when I speak to uh, when I when I speak to people that are in the quote unquote parsha. It's it's very important that you have to have clarity on what your goals are and what your core values. What are your core values? Very very important to be holding in your core values. Beyond the core values, that's when things open up a little bit more. Not to be stuck in certain areas. Now, what do I mean by that? You have to know yourself, right? Some people absolutely cannot marry somebody who has X, uh, blue eyes, or that are taller than me, or, or or that are shorter than me, or whatever it is. You have to put into the categories, what are the absolutes? I cannot do that. And then you have to put another category of all of these, I prefer, but if not, it's all right type of thing. And that's where, certainly with Eitzah and with Hadracha, Eitzah and with Hadracha, with Eitzah and Hadracha, I mean with people that have experience with this. I'm gonna get in big trouble for this comment, but I'm really not. But I am because I gave it that intro. Had I not said that, I'd be fine. And if I wouldn't be drawing major attention by continuing to say it, it would probably also be fine. Not necessarily bold, control B, control I, caps. Not necessarily with a shatchan. The shatchan does not necessarily have the experience of what happens later. This is why it's important to speak to people that are, let's say, 
marriage counselors, which might also be a chatchen, but not necessarily. Right? Find someone who's experienced with after the fact to see what are the things that I should absolutely or maybe I should be letting go of and not getting so stuck up and caught up on. Because unfortunately, and I can tell you how many stories of people that I've met that say, oh, I passed on this because of X that I never would have, I would have realized that I'm not gonna be able to find someone after that, that type of thing. And it's just like so chaval because we give up on certain opportunities because the person wears their hat a little bit that way, or, you know, the, or, you know, the, the tichel is a little bit turned to the bun, twisted a little bit and whatever it is. Like really, that's so important. So as I say, trying to keep it real, core values, Iker the bottom line, you must know your core values and it's got to match up because if you don't have core values, it's a problem. And number two is the idea of whether the absolutely I can't for some emotional reason after that to find them on the ground. That's, that's, if I understood the question, that's all I have to say about that. Next. That was sharp. That was sharp. Right, right, right. Okay, let's go with more lives. There's so many lives here. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Let's go, you're on. Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. Okay. Um, I have a question. I I work, you know, I, I we bring Hashem in our lives all the time, all day. Um, we talk about Hashem with everything that we do. Um, and that's just the way we live. And I feel like our lives change like amazing ones, you know, that we're like that. One of my kids, though, like, you know, sometimes will say like, Mommy, why are you being so from? Mommy, you're so yeshivish or whatever. And like, I feel like sometimes like with my other kids, like, you know, we'll talk about Hashem, like whatever we're doing and, you know, and then like, for example, I was in a, I was in a doctor's office recently and like we were waiting for our turn and one of my kids had to make a trip back. And I told her, I said, we're going to have betacho and we'll be fine. We'll get out on time. And, you know, and he's like, mommy, shh, mommy, shh, you know, I'm like, like, do I embarrass him? I don't know. Like, I, you know, that that's basically my question. Like, am I, do I be quiet about it? Do, do you understand my question that I'm that's asking? a great question. I, I love it. I, I want to take you back a couple of years ago. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, everything is a couple of years ago, but really it's, this is about nine or so years ago. I was talking to a, uh, this is such a great story. It so relates to what you just said. I so appreciate your question. There was a there was a couple that came to ask me, we don't know what to do with our daughter because our daughter, we're having a hard time connecting with her. And it's like, it's really hard because like, you know, they're Bali Chuva and they really, you know, they don't understand what the problem is. Would you be willing to talk to our daughter? So I, I said, listen, here, here's, let me just make a, a little disclaimer here. I don't meet with women one-on-one. -on -one. I don't do it. I don't, I, I don't do it. I've never done it. I'm not saying never, ever. There, there have been times when it's been in an open area with my wife, Dan, you know, but I, I don't, the world is too crazy. I'm not, I'm not interested in putting myself in a mat. So you have to be careful. Um, so I was like, I don't really, whatever. So this girl is 12 years old. It's like, th there's, there's a conference room. We'll be sitting right outside with the door open. She'll, she'll be across the room. Can we, whatever. I was like, okay. If you're going to be sitting with the door open, you outside that you can't hear what we're saying, but you can hear if something's wrong and we're across the thing and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm, I'm willing to, you know, like, let's hear this conversation. And I met with the, I met with the girl and, and, I said, okay, what's going on? She was, having, she was straying from like her Judaism, even though they're Bali Chuva and I'm just up. She said, I can't stand that my, are we back? Are we back? I lost you for a second. You're there, you're here. So, 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 the, so, so the girl says, 
I can't stand that my parents call me Neshamala. That's not her name. Her name is like Sipora, Yochevet, or Tamima, or, 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 or Jessica. I don't know what her name is, right? But, but they call her, oh, my little Neshama, my Neshama, Neshama. I can't stand when they call me. Enough. Like, ugh, it's enough for me. Like, enough for you. you guys are so ultra over the edge. I was like, wow, like, really? That, like, that's the problem. She's like, yeah, it bothers me so much. I was like, okay, you know, like, very nice. Did you tell them that? Like, nah, I don't want to hurt their feelings, whatever it is. I said, okay, listen, I, I'll speak to them. So I spoke to them afterwards. I said, okay, I don't know if there's something else. And maybe I'm missing something. Here's my uh, advice. Call your daughter by her name and stop calling her Neshama. I said, huh? There was, <laughs> what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you guys are Bali Chuva, right? Like Coach Menachem started in the beginning. Especially Bali Chuva, they get fiery. They get excited. They get into it. And what happens, sometimes they go a little bit overboard. And the kids are not so appreciative of like their parents, like looking like these weirdos of, I love Hashem, I love Hashem. Like, like a weirdo, like enough. Like, it's not, Nishama, Gamdullah Tova, it's Minishmayim, Bashar, you know, because I have to just be normal, be normal a little. I said, listen, just, just stop calling Nishama. That's all I'm going to tell you. I met them a year later. <laughs> I'm like, how's it going? Amazing. She's so connected. She loves it. I'm like, what did you do? So we stopped calling Neshama. That was it. That was the whole thing. That was the whole thing that ended up happening. So here, so here's the here, here's the, the suggestion that I that I would that I would say to you. With you personally, of course you could say Gamzel Tova. You could say Komadav Rachmanotavod. You could say Bitapachon Emuna, but don't push your Emuna on them. In other words, you could. Say, what do I mean by that? What do I mean like like you said yourself? Different kids can respond to different things. So some kids are very open and very excited to talk about Hashem. Some are excited to do it when they're younger. Some when they're older. Some when it's a boy. Some when it's a girl. Some, et cetera, et cetera, all different things. And some are like, okay, just stop saying that. They're going to get it because you're doing it. They don't need it to be pushed down their throat. So what they're looking for when, 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 they, when they say something like, oh my gosh, this is hard, this is challenging, they're not looking for you to say, okay, my little Shefala, just happy tachon, and let me tell you a story about yourself, Salante. What they're looking for you to say is, yeah, you know what? It is challenging. Hopefully, we'll make it out in time. That's it. So it's not a matter of, you know, and I, and I think it's an interesting idea that I once heard. I don't remember where I heard this from, so forgive me, but I, I'm, I'm saying this virtually with shame on the person who said this to me. When it comes to you, you're meant to be a maimin. When it comes to other people, you're meant to be a kofar. What that means is, other people's pain don't start saying, Gamzulatova. You say, this must be challenging, this must be hard. I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm going to be there for you. I don't know why this is happening. Wow, it's a challenge. But your own pain, we are maminim. In which case, I believe and I trust and I'm good. And the children will see the mixture of your giving sympathy and empathy to what their struggle is. And they'll see that you yourself are connected and they'll be able to have a nice shiluv and putting these things together. So I think it's a beautiful question. I think it happens a lot. And that is to be able to not push down their throat your beautiful connection with it. That's your thing. And that's fine. But you don't have to push onto them. I, I hope that was, again, I hope that wasn't insulting. But uh, I believe that's, uh, that is a direction. Here's an interesting question. I'm finding it harder and harder to enjoy mitzvahs while I am financially struggling to pay for things. Actually, the more the Yom Tovim come around, like Pesach and Tishrei, 
I start to resent it and get nervous. The cost of these yamatavim, all the clothing, the food, extra, it, it hurts. What's the question? The question what is, would you, what would you tell this guy? Oh, what would I tell him? Okay, I mean, we didn't say anything. I, I, I would say, wow, that's really hard. <laughs> that's, that's really, really hard. I, I, I'm sorry that you're going through that. I imagine that I would feel the same way if I was in your circumstance. So now the question is, is it, is if 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 the question is, is there so something? How do I enjoy other? Well, let me let me, explain, let me explain something. Okay, there's different types of questions, right? There's questions and there's answers. You know that already. I don't think this is a question. I'm not. I, I my goal is not to make somebody feel bad. Chas v'chalila. If if the person said, and the follow up to that statement was, but I really want to feel it, and what can I do? That's one thing. But if that was your follow-up, then that wasn't his follow-up. And if it wasn't his follow-up, then I can't help him. You understand? There's only an answer to a question. There's no answer to an answer. So what that sounds like to me, with all due respect and with real understanding, is that person is under a lot of pressure right now. And when a person is under a tremendous amount of pressure, for me to even begin to pretend to give an answer is a joke. All I could say is, I am so sorry that you're going through that. I, 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 if there's a way that we could help you, I mean, I think that uh, that the Coach Benachem and partners have a reach of about 50 million people and set up some sort of campaign to be able to help this fellow. We have a set of some sort of monetary, whatever it is, a Tom Shabbos. We, we heard that you that you have a huge bank account, so we thought that maybe I, you could just... I have a humongous bank account. There's nothing in it, but it's huge. <laughs> I, I want to tell you something. Someone, one of my friends asked a question recently. I said, it's mutter. I give you a heter. He goes, what's your heter worth? I said, my heter is worth the same as my bank account. I'll write you a check. It's just going to bounce, you know? So, so, so what am I, so what am I saying? I'm not chas coach Menachem, disregarding your question. I'm just disregarding if that is the question. And for, for someone who's going through that, I wouldn't say, I would just simply say, I'm sorry, going through that. Let's see what we can do to help you. Okay, let's, let's, let's globalize the question. Let's globalize the question. Let's take it out of the net. Not doing it yet. Hold on a second. Before you globalize, before we go global, I, I just want to point out, and this is for everybody here, when we are under mountains of stress, to just say, Hashem, that's great. And if you're able to do that, and that's really what you're feeling, that's fantastic. Certainly for us to turn to someone else and say, you should just say Hashem. Help me. It's true also. It's true, but we don't say it, right? So that, that's the thing to say, like, like the Mishnah says in Avos, you're not menachim someone when they're dead lying before them, and you don't try to calm someone when they're angry, and you don't try to, and al-tishal b'shas nidro. Right? Why not? Because this is a what I call a what-the-heck situation. H-E-C. Highly emotional circumstance. Heck. When a person's in a heck situation, you can't, you can't answer it. It's other than like, okay, okay, fine, Rapinus, let's local, let's generalize. But if a person were to ask, and if a person were to ask, I really want to feel differently. What can I do? Guess what I'm going to say? They wouldn't ask the question because if they already are feeling like that, that means they're connected, right? All I could say is then I would say, you know what? Wow, this is really hard. If there's a way I could help you, I'd like to help you. And maybe let's dive in together and ask Hashem. Don't forget, Hashem can do anything. Yeshua Hashem can 
And don't forget, by the way, the halacha. We don't have to make it such a big kabang. Like sometimes we make it so big. Right? We feel like, oh no, I have to. Yontif won't be yontif if I don't make the most incredible thing ever. It's not going to be yontif. It's not gonna, what am I going to do? It's not going to be yontif. So that, there are different levels to that. Sometimes it's my kids will be embarrassed because they don't have certain clothing. That, that's one real feeling. In which case, I would try to think, is there a way that we could do some swap? Swap with other people. Like the, It'll be new. You know, some, some sort of thing going on. Okay, COVID, COVID hygiene. I get it. Um, but let's say it's not the feeling. Sometimes we build up that we need, in order for Yontif and Shabbos to be Shabbos and Yontif, it needs to be some big shebang. And the reality is, we could, with very little, make it huge. It's a matter of putting time and effort in connecting. I want to tell you that the most meaningful experience that I had with my family on a Yontif was last year Pesach. Last year, Pesach was the first year that I made Pesach in my house with my family. It was, the, 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 it was in like the heavy, heavy of Corona. It was amazing. Was it because my wife made incredible food? The answer is yes, that also. Is it because I couldn't close my trousers after? Yes. However, however, it was also because what? It was because I was with my family and I prepared. I prepared. I, I came up with questions on the Haggadah. And, uh, and I also ripped off most of them from other people. But my point is, I got prepared, and it was such an enjoyable time. And the food was getting all kind of stuff, but that wasn't, the memory wasn't that. That enhanced it. But what made it was spending the time with my family. So the lachas of Yantif, I think, is coming from an expectation that it has to be something bigger. And I think it can be bigger without having to spend any money. And I think that if we were to take a look and think of how can I enhance this that's not monetarily, then maybe it will be even better than had I had the money. That, that's what I, that's how I would, I would address that. Hope that's helpful. Okay, let's go to one last live and then maybe one more and then we'll end it. Okay, let's go. So, the are One second. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, you got it. So you mentioned earlier how when you do something, often enough, you lose the brand, you lose the fire. <clears throat> so with Elul coming up and Shoshana coming up, how do we bring the fire back into the house? How do you fire your kids up for Yiddish, like for davening, for learning? With Elul coming up, you got to tell them we're coming to Rosh Hashanah. How does one bring that fire back? Well, I, first of all, the most phenomenal question I've ever heard ever in my life. For you, my friend. Anyway, so so <laughs> to my Shadchan, that's the Me Shadchan is right there for you. Anyway, so so I say, I say, I say as follows. It's like we've been discussing all along, but now you're extending it to our family, right? To our kids and to our family. What do we do? I would recommend, maybe it's worthwhile. And now that I'm saying this, I'm going to think maybe my own kids. Of, can we make it into something that we're, we're making it real? So we're coming before Hashem. This is a judgment day. I want to show you how much I'm, I'm really trying to get closer. 
I'm really trying. I want to get close to you. I want to do the right thing. And as we saw in the poll over there, one of the main ways of connecting was through chesed for other people and things like that. <clears throat> I, want to, I want to get closer. Maybe make a nice little box. Everybody gets their own box. And, and start when, when, to encourage your children when you do something that you feel is going to help weigh the scales in the merit of schus. Say like, I did this. I was mevater. Or I, you know, helped somebody out with something that they needed. Uh, you know, I, uh, maybe it was the parents, you know, I listened for what they asked me to do something. I bought something for somebody that I saw that they were in need of such a, such a shtickle or something along those lines, right? And if we were to go ahead and have this as, as, as part, of, part of a daily routine of like, anybody want to add to the box? Anybody want to add to the box? I think it can really enhance the concept. And Rosh Hashanah, if they're comfortable, Say, let's read out some of the things that we did. And we can say, Hashem, we want you to have nachas. We want you to have nachas and see what we're doing. We're working. We're growing. We're trying to be better. I think that could, that could increase a certain excitement and, uh, and enjoy, even if they're not two or three years old. You know, challenge the older ones. You know, it's going to come up with a little stickier ones. I think a nice little challenge might be able to, to, uh, to, to do something. Should, should it be a family box or individuals? That's up to you. That, that's a personal thing, depending on your family. You know, You're the expert. That's why I'm asking. Well, you know, being an expert in this game after uh, doing it for so many years now, I'll tell you okay, that uh, perhaps it should be a personal one. And if they feel comfortable, then they could read it if they're interested. In which case, it doesn't have to be oh. that you know, you're embarrassing them that they don't want. By doing that, that'll bring the fire back into Yiddish. The beginning, the beginning. You know, again, this is all an age thing, right? If you're talking about three and four and five-year-olds, you could just get them excited, you know? It's like, it's going to be shiny. You can dip the apple in honey. And they're like, ah! You say that to your 12-year-old, they're like, okay, dip the apple in the honey, la, la, la. Right? I'm saying, so as they get older, we have to find a way. Like we were saying, each one has to have something that they can feel connected to. You know, that's that. I mean, but again, you were Thank asking you. about now, so that's what I was Okay, Murder Rabbi. Tonight was beautiful. A lot of questions keep on coming in. Um, okay, let's go to closing and uh, we'll give a little closing. Then Rabbi, we'll leave the we'll leave the floor to you. Give us a little different chizik as we go into the to the core of summer now. So Grand to Rabgab, Gabriel Freeman from Aish for coming on tonight and giving tremendous chizik on Shabbos Nachmu, a little chizik with a little, little comedy. We appreciate it. And uh, you know, I think we I, I think we have a lot more to discuss. Again, if anybody watching it, it's the first time. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m. at this Zoom share, we have tremendous topics. And I want to thank our sponsor, Recovery at Course Rose. Recovery at Course Rose is the only kosher inpatient treatment center in the tri-state area. They are a licensed co-recurring treatment facility, which means they are licensed to not only treat substance abuse, but also any under underlying mental health conditions such as anxiety, depression, or trauma. If you or anyone you know is struggling with an addiction, feel free to reach out to them at 888-466-5950. Next time, we're going to have an amazing share with Reb Manus Friedman. Um, the last time he came on, it was just, it was so powerful. He goes so deep into the root of everything. So, uh, I think this is going to be an amazing show. We're going to be discussing a deep dive into anxiety and fear and really understanding the root cause. It should be an amazing show. So please join, tell everybody about it. Uh, everything is recorded on will be on Menachem Bernfeld's website tomorrow at www.menachembernfeld.com. Any questions, please email him at coachmenachem at gmail.com. And uh, we'll forward it to Rav Gav. Rav Gav, if you want to put out an email or contact people, want to, people are texting me if they can, there's a way to reach you. Or we could just forward you the emails, whatever you want, or your cell phone number, your address, whatever you want, whatever works for you. <laughs>
And tonight's year is year number 66. And if everybody wants to listen to tomorrow, we'll be on our phone number. Phone number is 848-777-GROW. That's 848-777-GROW. Again, I want to thank all the advertising sponsors that promote us, the Lakewood Scoop, Rabbi and Yanif from Chazak, and Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer from JCN, the Jewish Content Network, for always promoting us on the digital Jewish platforms. Rabbi God, thank you for agreeing to come on. It was a tremendous chizek. We're going to go first to Coach Menachem, and then we're going to give the floor to you. Coach Menachem, closing thank word. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think we heard a lot of very, very good concepts tonight. And uh, a lot of it is about ourselves and about Chinuch. And like we heard, many people wanted, want to figure it out, everything in one day. They want to get everything straight. But like we heard, the Kabbalah should be small. That means we're growing and everybody do they try. And uh, especially if you're on our Sunday night uh, calls where we're learning every Sunday night, different concept. There's, there's so much to learn, so much to do, the action part. But I think it really boils down to how we connect. If you're talking about chinuch, before the chinuch to your kids, how do we connect what works for us and uh, not to be hard on, on ourselves that we need to figure everything out, even if it's a little bit, a little bit of connection or whatever it is, and to be okay with that, even though you know we have a picture of the ultimate, which has to be Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, but it takes time. Amir Hashem, when we're 80, we'll get there. <laughs> so thank you so much, Rabbi Friedman, for being here tonight and for giving Chizik and for teaching us all of these concepts. And Amir Hashem, we should be able to take it to the next level. Uh, thank you very much. Thank okay, you. Listen, he, he, like, like we said, the, the, this topic, uh, I, I have to, again, because I don't know what everybody, how this works. I have to ask Mechila, because I know that so many people have questions. So what can you do? <laughs> you know, if, you, if we took every question, then uh, then, then people, you wouldn't have an unhappy people. And the only way you make a share good is someone walks away unhappy. So. Anyway, so so forgive me, forgive me that we didn't get to all of them. But Beis Hashem in the future, maybe we could do a little bit more. I just want to point out one thing, which which I think has to be said over and over and understood over and over again. I don't believe we discussed it yet. I discussed a one-liner that I just want to come back to. Uh, the one-liner is the concept of of hischatus that we spoke about in the very beginning. That we wane and we wax and we're like the moon. At least that's the way art school translates it, waning and waxing. You know, basically we get bigger and we get smaller. We have our ups and we have our downs. So grows and we're, we're on the top and then we get, bam, we get nailed. And then all of a sudden we go down. Here's, here's the point though. That's not just Kleiso, that's also individuals. We have days when we wake up and we're excited and we're pumped and we're rocking and we're going. Ayin, Alei Shor, Chelek Aleph, page 34. And we have days that we're, we're just not interested. We say in England, Ni Bother. Right? I don't want to, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. That was for YF over there. I just want to, you know, I just want to do my own thing and just like whatever it is. Sometimes I find actually many times, one of the a, a recurring question or, or concept or idea is that, well, I don't feel connected. So if I don't feel connected, it must mean I'm not connected. And the answer to that is don't be so sure. And let me give you a great example. Uh, anybody here ever been on a WhatsApp call, Khalila, before or on a Zoom or on something? And as they're on it, they, you hear the other person saying, hello, hello, can you hear me? Hello, hello. Oh, they're gone. They can't hear me. Oh, forget it. We're not connected. 
And you're like, I hear you, hello, yeah, I hear you. They're like, hello, hello, hello. You're like, oh, wait a minute. We have a modern day example to show that just like when you think you're not connected, you actually are connected. There's just a delay in the whatever is going on in the world. There's a delay, but you're connected. So to ourselves, even though we don't feel like we're connected, it doesn't mean you're not connected. It doesn't mean that you're not connected with Hashem just because of the fact you're having a hard time. Because a person's sick, God forbid, or because a person's in a low financial circumstance, or because a person is emotionally low, it doesn't mean that we're not connected. And the most important thing to know, and this is the, the Ali Shore of Revolvi brings down, he's quoting the Sefer, Sefer Yashar of Inutama, Rishon. He says, this is normal, expect it. You will have days that you don't feel connected. You will have days that you are connected. That's called normal. Once you know it's normal, now you can move forward even when you don't feel connected. And you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I don't feel it. Must be I'm not. The answer is, no, no, stop and say to yourself, oh, it's one of those days. I got it. It's a, it's a, a DC. Disconnect. Disconnect. It's a DC day. Mm. All right. Sometimes you feel connected. Sometimes you don't. That's the reality of life. And if one can understand and recognize that concept, yeah, if one can recognize that and stop and think about that, that could take away a lot of pain. That could take away a lot of pain when a person, uh, you know, wakes up and starts to feel like they're not connected. So understand the fact that, what can I say? Every one of us are connected. The Rebona Shalom is constantly thinking about us. If Hashem wouldn't be thinking about us, then we wouldn't exist. That's as simple as that. The, the very fact that you exist right now is because Hashem is actively as a rutzon for you to exist, which means he's thinking about you. The question is what we're thinking back. And like what I said before, and I had somebody ask me this in the class once, he said, you know, sometimes I feel like this Judaism thing is a one-way relationship. I said, I totally hear you. You mean it's like God to us and we do nothing. That's what you meant? And they said, no, what? No? no? Like, <laughs> come on. God's constantly thinking about us. How often do we think about him? Right, that's the question. And to be able to keep that going, to keep that brand, take it slow, step by step, understand that this is a challenge and this is normal and this is called Olamazet and this is the raging battle of disconnect and the goal is to what? Is and the only way to do that is by Devakis. The only way to have Devakis is to get closer. The only way to get closer is to pay attention. And the Yitzhara is going to fight. That's what it's about. So be in the fight. Recognize that it is there. Be aware of the concept. Do not feel bad when a person doesn't feel connected because that is okay. Move forward. And because Hashem, it's going to pick up. It will come back. It will pick up. The more we speak about it, the more we learn about it, the more we think about it, the more kavanah we have, the closer we get. I just want to make sure, again, to say Rafur Shalema. I believe it's Menachem ben Devora. I think I got that. No, he's actually on. Give him a bracha. Oh, Menachem ben Devora. Did the Baruch Hashem say, give you a bracha? I should give you a bracha. Okay, I give you a bracha. You should have a Rafur Shalema. I wanted to actually, something I actually heard from Chaim Kanievsky. I heard this myself. Okay, now, uh, that being said, right, you should have, those are the words I heard. I heard him say Rufu Shalema once. You should have a Rufu Shalema. It should be a complete and total, not only Rufu HaSaguf, but Rufu HaSanefesh. It should be a Rufu in every which way, in a way that we feel it in, in, in the depth of our souls. And every one of us, God willing, should use these in order to be able to connect with the king, connect with the Rebona Shalom, get as close as we can to Avinu Malkeinu. Recognize he's Malkeinu, but don't forget it's Avinu first. Avinu Malkeinu. Constantly be thinking about that and Be'ezer Hashem will be able to not only be involved with it, but will be able to feel that connection as well. 
I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you for your tenacity of partnership of pushing and making sure that this actually happened. Harab Menachem Shlita, my second time meeting, but uh, you know, Rav Oshi and I apparently have more of a history than I realized he told me in the past. But in any event, I want to thank you very much for making this happen. Avi for the Shidduch and everyone else for being on. A special shout out for those who had their cameras on. Kola Kavon. And everyone else, a special shout out that you showed up. Uh, a good writing and a good ceiling. And it should be an amazing year that we should recognize how amazing it is. Because it's going to be amazing. The question is whether it's Nigla or Nister. When you get used to it, oh, Tesla, understand it's pretty amazing. Everyone should be blessed. Thank you. See everybody next week, Sunday night, 10 p.m., same time, same place. Rav Gav, Moiradik. Take care. Hi, it's Coach Menachem here. If you enjoyed, please consider supporting us with a small monthly monthly donation to help sustain the future episodes. And it will be greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance.